Great news. We are tackling the big questions on News Talk ZB this morning. No, we're not considering how the Russia-Ukraine conflict might end. No, we are not looking for the lessons from COVID-19. This morning, we're going to tell you how you know when you've found the one. Our relationship expert, Stephen Dromgol, is with us. Kia ora, Stephen. This is a big question. It is a big question, Jack. I feel like you've 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 dropped me in it. Um, I, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I have some guides that could make this slightly less perilous. I, if I was going to retitle this, I'd be saying, um, "How to know that you haven't got the wrong one?" Oh, um, you know, the, the yeah, flashing warning signs. So, did you read that Elaine Baton thing a few years ago? Um, the one when he was he wrote an article about how it's one of the most read articles ever in the New York Times. How. Um, we're almost statistically guaranteed to marry the wrong person? Right. Okay. Um, I actually haven't read it, but I can imagine from his other stuff um, uh, why he would actually say that. It wasn't super uplifting, if I'm 100% honest, but it wasn't, it wasn't super negative either, but it kind of took that slightly more nuanced um, position. It kind of flipped the question around in the same way that you have. But, uh, I mean... There are some compatibility questions that we could be asking ourselves when we think we've found the one. And and maybe a good place to start is what is compatibility? Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm going to flip it again because what I'm going to tell you is that compatibility is not chemistry. Right. Except there's a little bit of it that is, just to be confusing. Mm. So, all that chemistry is, chemistry tells you that the youngest part of your brain looks at this person and says, you are familiar. So in in very simple, broad terms, you grow up in a family with alcoholics, you'll be able to walk into a bar and pick the alcoholic out of all of the drunk people there. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) And and what what that's about is that when we're really little, our survival depends on being connected to particular people and our whole brain wires itself and adapts to itself. Um, Literally, our, our gut flora, you know, which has a lot to do with our health and our brain function, is adapted to particular people. Right. So you kind of, like, recognising, like, familiarity is really important. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and so that's the bit, you know, that, that chemistry is kind of compatibility, um, but the the all the baby brain wants to do is survive. So if you survive two years in a, uh, you know, in a drunken, alcoholic, violent household, the brain says, it's great, you know, I survived. Right. That's what we're looking for. Right. Okay. So compatibility... Um, yeah. Okay. What What, what about um? So you you're compatible in that you recognise someone, and that you yep. recognise safety in that person. How do you get past the honeymoon blinkers? Okay. Cool. So the issue is though, if you if you grow up in the Wonderful Warriors family, um, you will recognise that person. But there's a lot of people who grew up in that family who are not Jake the Mus. Right. Yeah. Um, and so this is where the honeymoon will, will make those kinds of people attractive to you. And the really good question that you're asking here is you've got the blinkers, you've got all the honeymoon drugs, you know, everything they do is amazing. You know, if they're kind of controlling, they're like, oh, they're so organized. If You know, if they're basically lazy and don't do anything, it's like they're so spontaneous and free. Um, so the thing you actually need to do is... Um, if it's your first relationship, listen um, to your friends. It's, uh, listen particularly to friends and family who give you negative feedback about them. Huh. That's interesting. Okay. It, it, when you say listen to friends and family who give negative feedback, like 
like be very careful with the negative feedback or do you mean like though those opinions can be trusted more absolutely uh because you're you're untrustworthy you're a drug addict basically huh. um you're you're high the baby brains hijacked you to say look i want to be with this person because they're familiar right and if they're saying, hang on a sec this guy doesn't just like to have a good time he if he has one drink he can't stop yeah right you should listen really seriously to that so, yeah. um, what, so what, what about if people are giving you good feedback it's like, oh, great, good feedback. Disregard good feedback. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and again, some friends are better better choice uh, choices than others. There, there's three other things you're looking for pretty quickly. The first one is respect. Respect is huge. Right. And one of the easiest ways to look for respect is not how they treat you, although if they don't treat you with respect, that's a major red flag. Hmm. Look at how they, they treat other people in their world, their parents, their friends, you know. Um, the waiter when you're at dinner together? Absolutely. Can you, you imagine, know, can you possibly imagine being attracted to someone who treated service staff badly? I just yeah. think it's like maybe the most, it's like a disproportionately disgusting attribute when people treat service staff badly, I always think. Yes, I think it's probably one of the most useful, useful tales, um, you know, about safety and it ties into the second thing, which is kindness. Like in a long-term relationship, kindness, thoughtfulness is a really, really big thing. Mm. Like it's not sexy, it's not all of those kind of things. But the reality is when you fall in love, your partner is basically about as attractive as they're ever going to be. Right. Um, 20 years on, 30 years on, you know, it's not going to look the same. The thing that makes it okay to be with that person is that they're kind, they know your history. And what then what happens is the familiarity basically means that, you know, this person at a, at a really deep level gets what it's like to be in your family. Right. You know, they get what it's like to have some of the challenges you have. Um, so, yeah, those would be the two things I would say. Look for respect, look for kindness. And if you have a history of bad relationship, my suggestion would be look for a therapist so that you can um, get some some detailed, specific stuff about the things, that, the red flags that you should be going into huh. the day and, and would basically give you the walk-away signal. So you're getting some outside perspective uh, from someone who's not intoxicated and that will help you make better choices. That's really, yeah, that's really interesting how it's like part, a big part of knowing when you found the one is actually like carefully considering the opinions of people who aren't in love with that person. Yes, and historically, you know, arranged marriages have mm. a high success rate and they were the thing that we were doing until 50, 60 years. Yeah, love is very much like a... For like marrying the person you're in love with is very much a modern kind of concept, eh? Absolutely. And yeah. I asked Jeremy Wells this once. Oh, actually, maybe I didn't ask him. He he said to me, um, fine. He said it doesn't matter if your interests don't align. Um, the most important thing with a partner is that you share the same values. That I always thought was yeah. I was like, wow, yeah, it's really profound advice from a guy who that, yeah works on Radio Hodaki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks, Stephen. I think you did a really good job with that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what, you didn't. It, there's not like some one big question that you have to answer or anything like that. I think that was um that was very useful advice.